Today I'm talking about how to get started with a virtual assistant. Welcome to the Paul Miners Podcast, the show that will help you to optimize your time, income, and lifestyle fast. Get more done with actionable, easy-to-follow advice and learn how to live life on your terms. And now, introducing your host, Paul Miners. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Paul Miners Podcast to episode number 149. Wow, closing in on 150. One more episode to go. So, this week I'm talking about how to get started with a virtual assistant. Now, this uh, this blog post, this podcast came about after Dave, a member of my uh, private Slack group, asked me about my experience kind of hiring and working with a VA. He's actually started hiring, uh, hired a VA as well recently. And he said, hey, Paul, you should you should write about this, talk about this. And so, yeah, here I am, Dave. This one is for you. Uh, working with a VA is something I'm still fairly new to. Um, I'm by no means an expert on the subject. But here are my thoughts and tips just around my experience so far. Now, if you want to get access to any of the links and, and resources that I'm mentioning today, you can find those at paulminers.com slash 149. So, first of all, I guess the first question you should be asking if you've, if you've you know, never thought about hiring a VA is, when is a good time to hire one? Uh, how do you know you need one? And if, is it a good time to hire some outside help or not? And to answer that question, I guess my short answer is, well, you probably could use someone to help probably sooner than you think. Uh, VAs aren't just for business owners. I think there is a bit of a misconception there is, oh, I don't run my own business. I don't need a VA. So if you are like a, like a, like a salaried employee, if you work kind of a, uh, in the information sector, what, you know, yeah, I guess what we would call information workers in, in kind of office jobs, I guess. Even, you know, salaried employees can use VAs to make their lives easier. In fact, in the four-hour workweek, Tim Ferriss explains how you can use a VA to outsource parts of your, you know, job that you don't want to do, or even personal tasks and errands. That's not something I've gotten into yet, but I am sort of like, hmm, I wonder if I should be outsourcing parts of, you know, personal errands and things, if, if there's a way I could do that. And in my experience, I wish I'd started working with a VA sooner. I was very hesitant for a while because I just had the belief that anything I could outsource would take longer to explain than it would actually do myself, so I may as well do the work myself. I think that's probably the number one thing that people who are against VAs will say is, you know what, it's just going to be too much work to manage, it's going to be longer to explain the work, I'll just do it myself. I found this to be completely false, and it feels amazing when I can offload a task to somebody else. Even if it's something, yes, I could do this, maybe I could even do it quite quickly. It's just nice going, you know what, somebody else can handle this so that I can focus on more important things. There's that opportunity cost there. So my advice is, if there are parts of your work, whether you're a, you know, a salaried employee, uh, if you just want some help with personal things, or if you're a business owner, if there are parts of your work or things that you need to do that don't, that don't require your time, in, in other words, that you could outsource to somebody else, it doesn't require you to do that job, then try working with a VA to see how that experience can help you. So how do you hire a VA? So if you've decided, yep, yeah, I'm ready to give this a go, what are the different options? Well, there are a few routes you can go down. Number one is the agency route. There are loads of agencies out there that allow you to buy blocks of time to work with a VA. Generally, they're kind of, there are a few different pricing models, but generally most of them it's about buying blocks of time, like 20 hours a month or something like that. 
And then when you have a task, the agency or account manager assigns that task to an appropriate person on the team. Often it's different people, you know, if they have different VAs specializing in different fields. Sometimes you can, you can have a dedicated VA as well. If you'd like to explore this agency option, then check out virtualassistantassistant.com by Nick Loper. Nick has evaluated loads of different VA services, and you can take a short survey and specify the kind of support you're looking for and the type of tasks you want to outsource, and the site will recommend the most suitable agency. So that's one option you can look at. Then you can hire a dedicated VA where you're not going through an agency, you're just going direct to like a person who said, yep, I'm a VA. You can use services like Upwork to advertise for VAs, and they allow you to just work with one person for everything. And I, I prefer working with one person I, as I can build a relationship with that person. They can learn the parts of my job and my business really well. However, the big downside with this is that if that VA is sick or unavailable, you could be in some trouble because now you know they're, they're just one person. With an agency, uh, if you get if that person who you normally work with gets sick, they can just assign the task to someone else. So there are obviously pros and cons doing it different ways. I actually tried hiring someone on Upwork a few years ago. I was The, the issue was it was my fault. I was really budget conscious and really only willing to spend about $6 an hour. And that expectation was set after reading the four-hour work week. I was like, yeah, $6 an hour. That's I think that's kind of the figure that was thrown around. The girl I found was great, and she, she had a good attitude. She was really willing to learn, but I just found she needed more hand-holding than I wanted to provide, and I just wanted someone with a bit more initiative that I could just give clear instruction to, and they would then take it, figure it out if they weren't quite sure as well. Now, I found my current virtual assistant, Angeline, while searching through my email um, And I didn't realize, but I'd actually worked with Angeline a few years ago when I'd written a guest post for Natalie Sisson's blog. Angeline was the person I had coordinated with to get the post published. And so I was just going through my email, kind of I I vaguely remember somebody emailing me about VA, stumbled upon Angeline and realized, oh, right, Um, she was working with Natalie. And and for me, that was all the validation I needed. And I thought, if Natalie's using her, who, and Natalie's another sort of blogger, she has a podcast, um, great, successful female entrepreneur here in New Zealand. And I was like, if Natalie's using her, she must be good. So I reached out to Angeline, and here we are. Angeline isn't part of an agency. Agency, She's just kind of an independent uh, virtual assistant in the Philippines. I pay her $17 an hour, which is a lot more than my first VA, but she's worth every single penny. This episode of the Pool Miners podcast is sponsored by Pipedrive. Pipedrive is the very best sales CRM on the market. I use it each and every day to track new sales leads, to maintain relationships with clients, and track my sales performance. If you're like me, you'll have a conversation with a new lead, and a day later, you've forgotten everything you talked about. Using Pipedrive, you can record important notes and assign follow-up activities. You can send email and manage every aspect of your sales process. And when you're ready to take your sales game to the next level, you can automate key parts of your sales process using Pipedrive's built-in sales automation tools or using one of its many apps in the marketplace. I'm really confident I wouldn't be as half as effective as I am at consulting without Pipedrive. I love working with the team and they've given me a great offer to get you started. You can sign up to Pipedrive and get an extended trial by going to paulminers.com forward slash Pipedrive. That's paulminers.com forward slash Pipedrive to start your extended trial today. And thank you, Pipedrive, for sponsoring this episode of the Paul Miners podcast. And so what kinds of tasks can you outsource then? This is the part that I'm still figuring out and I I need to do better on, I think. Uh, The way I look at it, a VA can and should 
potentially do any part of your job that doesn't require your direct input. So for example, Angeline can't do my consulting calls for me or record videos for me for YouTube, but she can help to upload those videos when they're ready, which she does. Um, so any anything you do that's repetitive as well, you know, fairly simple, easy to explain work is ideal for a virtual assistant. And so here are some, ta- some here are some of the other tasks that I've outsourced. So um, things like updating emails in ConvertKit and sales pages on my website. That's the stuff that Angeline does. Uh, uploading videos to YouTube and adding descriptions, thumbnails, all that metadata. Making changes to my website, for example, page headers, titles, links, and old blog posts. Actually, this was really I had an SEO audit done in the last few months, and I had loads of little things that I needed to do, uh, tweaking and updating little pages, and I could give a load of that kind of work to, to Angeline. And you know, even so, even actually uh, creating or updating Zapier automation as well. Actually, Angeline's got some skills there, so I've even given her some of that kind of work to do as well. And another way to look at it is, uh, you know, another way to look at outsourcing parts of your job is from the standpoint of opportunity cost. I mentioned this before. You know, just because you can do something, or even if you might be better at doing that thing, doesn't mean you should do it. If you can outsource work to someone else, uh, you're able to free up your time for more important work that only you can do, and that's the key differentiator. And so that's what you should be thinking about when thinking, you know, what should I outsource to my VA? And so how do you assign work to a VA? Um, We use Asana. uh, As it probably comes as no surprise, we use Asana. Um, I do think it is important to have some kind of clear system for for tracking work and communicating processes and sharing updates. I think just doing it through email is not effective. You're going to probably have a lot of back and forth email. It's going to be harder to track what's been achieved and what still is outstanding. So for Angeline and I, Asana was only the only ever option. It's Angelina's preferred tool, obviously my preferred tool. So the process of assigning a task generally goes like this. Firstly, I create a task in Asana. I assign it to Angeline, and in the description, I provide instructions on what I need Angeline to do. And I'll add any screenshots or attachments to make the instructions really, really clear. I really want to put in as much information as I can. Um, I'll often even record a short video using something like QuickTime, which is free on the Mac. It comes on the Mac. There are other free softwares out there as well. Loom is really good. Um, And I use video to explain kind of in person or to demonstrate something. So even if I don't need to show something, I will even use video just so I can talk through it a little bit more. Um, If a picture tells a thousand words, then I think a video tells like a million. You know, I think video is really good. And I usually add the video to Dropbox and I share that link to that video in the Asana task with the instructions as well. With the due date, I set the due date of the task of when I need the work to be completed by. Angeline can then comment back with questions or to let me know if the date isn't realistic with her with her schedule. And I sometimes use a start date as well if I'd like Angeline to start working on the task on a specific day. So again, with some of the work that I had for my SEO uh, from my SEO audit, there was some work I was like, you know, this is going to take a few days. You should start today so that we can finish it by, say, Friday. Um, Angeline has been instructed as well in Asana. You can like the task in Asana when it's received, and this this is this goes for anyone using Asana actually. Um, this way, I know because when Angeline likes the task, I get notified, so I know that she's received it. She's happy with the task and the instructions. Um, before we started doing this, I would I would kind of be like, "Has she seen the task? Is she doing it?" I maybe even would text her. So liking the task helps us to avoid this, and it just tells me straight away Angeline's seen it. She's onto it. And then finally, when Angeline finishes the work, she marks the task as complete. Uh, that's up to her. She, she marks it as complete. I can then check what she's done, and I can comment back if I have any questions or concerns. Have a look in the show notes for this episode at paulminers.com slash 149. This is an example of a task that I've given Angeline with instructions and attachments and things if you want to have a look.
And yeah, personally, I find this process to be far more efficient than trying to manage everything via email. I do want to touch a little bit more on creating videos uh, to demonstrate the process and explaining things. As I mentioned, yeah, video is a very cool, very powerful tool for um, assigning work to a VA. If you're just getting started, I'd highly recommending I highly recommend using video to explain tasks. When I assign a task, sometimes the the purpose of the video is even just to elaborate on what um, what I've asked for, and I can talk through the task without having to type everything out. It's just often quicker to use video. Other times, video is used to just demonstrate something. If I do something once, I can then do it in video and say, right, Angeline, I need you to go and repeat this um, again and again. And the final benefit of video is that if you ever work with a new VA in the future, you can then share all the videos you've already made to quickly explain how to do things. You can create a bit of a library of kind of standard operating procedures. These are the tasks that I need you to do. And it's great for repeatable tasks or processes that your VA needs to do on a regular basis. Now, Finally, the final thing I want to talk about today is actually in when I was writing the blog post uh, and preparing the, for this podcast, I asked Angeline and I said, um, you know, I'm, I'm talking about working with a VA. What would your tips or advice be to people looking to hire a VA? What would you have to say to anyone? What, what tips would you have for just getting started? And she, she gave me three. Number one is always provide clear instructions to reduce back and forth email. Um, so, yeah, she said use Loom for video recording, um, make a little tutorial or create some kind of standard operating procedure document for those recurring tasks as well. Have it documented. Because they, you know, sometimes VAs, they have multiple clients. They can't remember everything. It's going to take them maybe a few goes to do something right. So having like a standard operating procedure they can refer to is really useful. Number two, use a project management system to keep all tasks and communication in one place. Asana is my, in term, in, in, which... I mean, Angeline, uh, it's, it's Angeline's go-to project management tool and it's her recommendation to clients as well. So um, yeah, great to hear that she likes Asana. It was obviously very easy to onboard her to my Asana. Um, but yeah, using some kind of project management system to keep everything recorded in one place. And then the third tip Angeline had is, if you don't know what to delegate, make a list of everything you do in a day and highlight the tasks you don't like doing. So if you already use a task management system, go back and look at your old to-dos. If you do any kind of time tracking, um, look at how your time is being spent. Actually, this is something I picked up on listening to David Sparks on the Mac Power Users podcast. He he looked did some time tracking to actually see how, where's his time being spent. I thought that was really clever. And so look at it. Yeah, where's your time going? What are you doing? And what don't you want to do? Those are the perfect kinds of things that you can try and outsource. So if you're thinking about hiring a VA to help with your work, I'd highly, highly recommend you give it a go. Like I said, I, w I wish I'd started sooner. If you have any questions or concerns, any comments at all, please leave me a comment on the blog. Head on over to paulminers.com slash 149. And if you have any tips for me, I'd love to hear kind of what you've done to make working with your VA or the kinds of tasks that you outsource. Any tips that you could have to share, I would really appreciate hearing those. All right, that is it from me today. Thank you very much for listening today, and I will catch you next time on the Paul Miners Podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the Paul Miners Podcast. Two quick things before I go. Firstly, if you enjoyed this episode or if you have any feedback, please leave me a review on iTunes. It really does mean a lot to me because it helps the show to get uh, discovered so that more people can benefit from the content, and I would love your help getting the show out there. So please, if you have a minute, I would love a review on iTunes. And uh, on that note, if you want to give me any more feedback, you can always reach out to me via my blog, leave me a comment, or if you're on my newsletter list, you can respond to any of my emails 
emails as well. I really do love hearing from my listeners and hearing what you want to learn about and getting your feedback. Number two, if you want to connect with me on a more regular basis, you can become a VIP member of my website. Head to paulminers.com slash VIP to learn about my membership options and how to get access to my private Slack community. This has typically been reserved for my uh, high-end customers in the past, but I've opened it up for the first time. So head on over to the website, paulminers.com slash VIP to learn how you can get access to my private Slack channel, where you'll also get access to my complete library of book summaries as well. One more time, thank you very much for listening, and I will catch you next time on the Paul Miners podcast.